0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars no a month after 2250 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining miles to Unlimited basic after 630-20, pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data prioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules and restrictions apply.
0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required.
1: Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 no a month after 22 dollars a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining miles due. Unlimited basic after 6 dollars Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay. Data prioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.
2: for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe! Hello everyone, welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodron. Joining me today is Ramonka Fai. On today's episode, we discuss all things Chicago Fire with Mickey Turner of The Athletic. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine, at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. And make sure you review, rate, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get to today's episode. <laughs> What would it do, Armand? Just you and I. Finally. Yeah, back to the good old days, huh? Good old days. Without Jake. God. Without Jake. Those those were the days.
3: Yeah, I mean, when we just started up the pod and, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> those, 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 those were the days, you know? I remember we had the, those, that, the, what was it last winter? We had those marathon of recording sessions. Yep. Uh, like, we recorded for like four hours a day. Yeah. Like, those were the days, man but nah, Jake, Jake. I love Jake. So I, love Jake. I can't say anything bad about it. I can't say anything bad about it. I love him.
2: Listeners. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at Unc soccer pod and go back, listen to our interview with assistant coach of sporting Kansas city, Kerry Savagnan. He's got crazy insight to sporting KC and, uh, kind of takes some shots at the U S men's national team. We'll discuss that later this week, but Armand, you just mentioned about how we had no idea what we were doing in the early days of this podcast. Some MLS clubs feel like they have absolutely no idea what they're doing.
3: In what, the early days of their uh, existence?
2: <laughs> yeah, early days of their existence and in their existence of today.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams, you know, don't really know what they were doing in their early days. Um, maybe you could say even MLS didn't know what they were doing in their early days as well. Uh, I mean, recently we just heard the news about Chicago Fire, right? Uh, looking to go to Soldier Field after, you know, a long, uh, I guess, failed experiment at Bridgeview. Uh, and that's part of, you know, MLS's initiative when they said, hey, move to the suburbs. I, I guess the game is for family people instead of realizing that, hey, downtown was actually a much better option. Um, and I think now we're starting to see the the effects of that hit, especially as MLS tries to grow into this strong, powerful league.
2: We'll talk to Mickey Turner more about the news that broke last week. But, Armand, let me just ask you this. Regarding Chicago Fire, how big or how important of a, a club are they in MLS? We know Chicago is a huge media market. It's a huge city in the United States. A big German influence. So there's there natu- should be somewhat of a more natural connection with the global game. They have spent money on big names like a Bastian Schweinsteiger. So you would expect them to be up there, but it it just seems to be a dumpster fire.
3: Is this where I go down this rabbit hole on my take that, you know, MLS maybe having a down year this year in terms of attendance? Because Chicago, you go – and one thing I will give credit to you, Stephen, you you pointed this out really early. You don't want to watch a game that has no atmosphere. That really really makes it hard for you to watch it on TV. And you know what? You turn on a fire game, there's no one there. There's quite literally no one there. The atmosphere is bland. And overall, it's just, eh. The fire itself, they need to get out of Bridgeview. Um, Mickey Turner, uh, who you said we we're going to speak to, really broke the news, of, I think a year back, how tight the lease was between Bridgeview and the fire. And right now, the fire, man, if they can just figure out, because the product on the field isn't that bad. It's what's going on off the field, their relationship with their supporters groups, Um, just what's going on with Bridgeview, you know, I don't think their training center is that good either. So all these things are adding up and it's like, how are you going to be a team, you know, in the same level as Atlanta United playing in the Mercedes Benz, the brand new stadium or LAFC brand new stadium, brand new training facility, state of the art. And then you have this, like these things can't be happening in modern day and MLS. So there's a quite a climb, you know, for these teams to make up in quality of their team and their off the field as well. And, I think the fire are towards the bottom of that. So maybe right. no pun intended. So I guess they are a little bit of a dumpster fire of sorts.
2: Let me let me ask you this before we, we get to Mickey. If the Chicago Fire were to do it correctly, do you think they would be up there as far as atmospheres, as far as club recognition? Like, say, Seattle, the Los Angeles clubs, Atlanta, maybe New know- York, Toronto. I, I, I am curious to know because we talk about the Revs. In in this sense, since if they were to get a stadium downtown, if they did this, if the crafts were to do that, and Chicago could go through a ton of ifs too, but I don't know. Do we think Chicago could be somewhat of a top 10 club in MLS regarding all the off-the-field antics?
3: Steven, so you you might call me a little bit crazy with this take, um, but when Commissioner Garver says any team in MLS or any city in MLS can support a team... I honestly do agree with that because you look at teams like Cincinnati, who they do it right. While they have thirty thousand at, at games, um, you know, from USL to MLS. But the question is, do you do it right? Because you can be on the other side of the spectrum, be the Dynamo, have a downtown stadium, but right. not do it right in terms of other things, and you're still struggling with attendance. You know, you could there's there's plenty of other instances where you know you could do it, you could do it right, and you'll be fine. The whole thing is doing it right. Putting a stadium in downtown isn't going to solve everything. That's not going to be the thing that solves everything. It's got to be the visibility of the team. It's Orlando? Gonna be exactly. Yeah, the team has to be good too. It has to play entertaining soccer. So that's not the only thing that that can that can do it. If you get a stadium in downtown, okay, cool. Great. You did the first step of it. Now you've got to continue. You gotta establish that relationship with the community, like LAFC and you know Cincinnati and or like Seattle a Madison and Ford, Atlanta or like Madison Ford, Ford Madison. Exactly. You gotta establish these kind of relationships. Johnson Stam is the first part of the puzzle, but you gotta figure the rest out as well.
2: Right, right. Well, up next, Mickey Turner. Joining us on the line right now is Mickey Turner. Make sure you give him a follow on the Twitter Machine at Turner ESQ. Get his work at the Athletic. Mickey, how are we doing this afternoon?
4: Uh happy Sunday to you guys. Hope you guys had a good uh weekend watching soccer.
2: Oh, plenty of soccer. Right, Armand?
4: Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, maybe a little too much for me. I mean, I was I started watching at what, like, almost like eleven thirty with the Dirk Classicer and like ended up like randomly watching uh, RSL in Seattle place so i mean <laughs> yeah. we were we were it was it was it was one of those days it was one of those days but the big news that broke this week was about the Chicago Fire in MLS with news of a potential changing of stadiums and also potential rebranding but before we delve too deep into that Mickey i want to ask you what is your your view of the fire organization as a whole do you think you know everything I mean, obviously, everything's not really going smooth sailing for them. But, like, what, what do you think of their organization as a whole?
4: Uh, well, they've been struggling, obviously, since, oh, gosh, I want to say probably 2010, 2011. Um, everyone remembers that they came into the league with a bang in 98, uh, won the U.S. Open Cup, won uh, the MLS Cup. And then since then, you know, they've had a couple of good years here and there. Um, and then uh, once they got out of Soldier Field into Bridgeview – They hoped that that would be kind of the the reset for the franchise. That didn't happen, and they've been pretty much in a malaise, uh, you know, ever since, like I said, around 2010, Um, and then their ownership changed, and they were struggling so much that MLS brought in Nelson Rodriguez, their so-called fixer, to help turn the franchise around. That hasn't worked uh they fought with the, they fought with their supporters section banning uh sector latino which is a uh uh you know kind of a uh you know a, a supporters group of of section eight um section Eight isn't a supporters group they're kind of like the uh conglomerate um for lack of a better word um and then so they fought with uh sector latino section eight boycotted they just resolved that issue but it really hasn't helped them. Uh, you know, get the supporters back in line, as you can see by the attendance at Bridgeview this season. And it's just been a really, you know, unfortunate series of events, a lot of which has been of the making of the front office.
2: Do you think the Sebastian Schweinsteiger signing was a mistake now?
4: (laughs) Uh, That's a tough question. I wouldn't call it a, a mistake. He brought in some publicity. But it's just not one of those guys who's really going to, um, you know, move the needle, as it were.
3: Absolutely, Mickey. Now, we just want to dive in a little bit to the, the all the reports that came out this week. Um, you know, the reports came out the fire expo- exploring a bio, their current agreement with Bridgeview to move potentially to Soldier Field. Can you just tell us more about, you know, what what transpired with those negotiations?
4: Yeah, so uh, it hasn't been, been confirmed by anybody as of yet, it's just been reported by, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Baum has done some reporting on this. Paul Tenere has done some reporting on this. But they, this has been this has been going on for about a year. It sounds like I've heard some things behind the scenes, but it's not anything again that I've been able to put on the record as of yet. But they, you know, I think everyone recognizes that they need to get out of Bridgeview at this point. It's just not a situation that has worked for either side. That being the city or the fire and MLS. Uh, from, from the fire's perspective, Bridgeview does not provide them with many of the, uh, you know, amenities, as it were, as far as, you know, uh, naming rights, uh, revenue streams. The, the village of Bridgeview basically controls all of that stuff. And, uh, the fire basically only control revenue on game days and that's pretty much it and then for bridgeview's part you know they spent about 96 million dollars uh, which was bonded over uh, i think 30 years which meant that they eventually were going to owe around 130 million that has ballooned to it's believed over 200 million in debt service and this is not a big city that can absorb those costs and so you've got uh, you know a, a you know 100,000 or 100,000 person you know uh, suburb trying to deal with a $200 million debt, and it's just not something they're going to be able to do. And MLS at this point, I don't think is inclined to really put much money into trying to improve the situation there. In Bridgeview, uh, they don't have the money to really do anything about it. And so their tax base is really stressed at this point. So I think it's just one of those things that both sides uh, have decided that uh, it's time for a divorce. So, in process
2: of taking this divorce, I know there were the text messages saying that it would be announced uh, in a few weeks and they'd be moving out at the end of the season. But is this a plausible or a possibility, very real possibility that the Chicago Fire will be playing at Soldier Field next season?
4: Uh, yeah, everything I've heard says that this is, is likely to happen. Again, I, I am not able to confirm anything. But I've, you know, I've, talked, I've talked to the, uh, the texter James Lachis, who is a former, he, wor- he worked with the fire. He's an attorney. Um, he didn't work for the fire directly, but uh, his firm was retained by the fire. Uh, and so he's got obviously a, a lot of contacts. In fact, he's the one suing uh, the fire front office for an incident involving uh, a sector Latino member who was banned from the, uh, banned from the stadium based on an incident that happened uh, last May. So, uh, he certainly would be in the know, because again, he's suing both, uh, MLS, uh, or not MLS, but the fire and the village of Bridgeview. So he's got significant contact. So I I absolutely believe, uh, that these discussions are taking place, but it's not anything that anybody's able to put on the record and, you know, tellingly the fire haven't denied it. Um, and so I think it's, it, it is certainly likely to happen, uh, you know, Don Garber in an interview with Grant Wall in February talked about maybe them moving back to Soldier Field. So, you know, he wouldn't have said that if there wasn't some uh, some chance it was going to happen. So they went out. Uh, I think Bridgeview just wants to get some of that debt retired. Uh, the reports are that MLS is going to make a sizable you know, payment to pay off that um, that debt. Uh, so, you know, if 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 you ask me yes or no, is it going to happen at the end of the year? My answer would be yes. But again, it's not confirmed yet. Now, Mickey,
3: you're the guy who wrote about the lease and who kind of showed how tight it was for MLS. What what you you threw a number around? I just can't remember what the number was. But what would you think would ex- what would you t- expect that it would take for Bridju and the Fire to reach an agreement
4: monetary wise? Okay, so yeah, that's a great question. Uh, again, the uh, the stadium was built. Uh, for about ninety-six million dollars, I think that was in like twenty sixteen dollars, but you know we'll we'll say ninety million dollars just you know have a round number. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what they owe on it is significantly more than that because you know when you take out bonds, you got yeah you end up owing more than you uh, than you initially uh, you know budgeted for, and so again it's probably set right now at around two hundred million dollars. Now of course the reason it's set that high doesn't have everything to do with MLS; it has to also do with some mismanagement by the city um as a result of building the stadium. So uh, obviously MLS isn't you know quote unquote responsible uh for that entire number. So it's not gonna be two hundred million dollars. Um my estimate initially was about ninety million dollars. They basically pay off what it cost to build it at the time. Uh I've heard from some other people again this is not confirmed, but it would be less than that um because you know the building has depreciated and all that kind of stuff. So um if I had to guess uh, it would probably come in around seventy five to ninety million dollars that they would end up paying. I know uh James in his uh tweet uh said that they would pay off two thirds of the bonded debt, but I can't see m l s agreeing to pay that much or the fire for that matter uh because again it you know that total cost or what is owed currently isn't all the result of m l s uh you know not putting in a lot of effort with the fire some of it has to do with city mismanagement and I can see him let's say well you know that that's not on us
3: now Mickey uh, also I think it was I want to say it was either in tenorio's report or someone else's uh, uh they spoke about you know some of the lobbying uh that the fire have been doing with this with the city of chicago um you know it is is the move I mean obviously you can't confirm anything but in your eyes is the move the uh, soldier field going to be more of a temporary one as a potentially set up for a downtown stadium in Chicago or something along those lines?
4: Yeah, so that's an uh, interesting question. I don't have any, obviously, inside information on that, but um, you know they were obviously at Soldier Field to start out with, and then they had to leave in the uh, mid-2000s uh, uh, due to uh, Soldier Field being renovated and the lease terms not being particularly uh, great. Uh, where would we heard that for? Um, and so <laughs> uh, assuming that they uh, – either way, actually – Uh, I think you know Soldier Field is is a means to an end, and that end is is basically getting out of Bridgeview. Um, But it also presumably will provide them with better lease terms uh, than they're dealing with with Bridgeview. Um, And I think the other thing you know with Bridgeview, I think they've just decided that that is a lost cause at this point, kind of similar to Chivas USA. Um, you know, they tried, you know, a, a number of things and then they just decided that uh, whatever they were going to do going forward just wasn't going to work. And and people should remember that or know that the fire are not relevant in the city proper and or, or in, you know, in the Chicago metro area. Really, I was talking to an, an MLS guy and he said that they're basically ranked lower you know or as far as name recognition and relevance lower than the, the Paul basketball team. Uh, which is, you know, the Paul basketball It's not anything that anybody pays any attention to really at all. So uh, if you've got that situation and you don't think it's going to get better at Bridgeview than, um, you know, any port in a storm and, and Soldier Field does present certain benefits, um, mainly being, um, in a central, you know, relative to Chicago, a central downtown location. And so that should, should certainly help them gather more fans. But the other thing that they need to worry or deal with. Is the branding, uh, and the, and just the name recognition of the team and determine if that's something that needs to change as well, uh, which is, you know, kind of the second half of what, uh, what's been discussed. But as far as the soldier field, I think they're, they would be happy to be there as long as they're, uh, you know, able to more, you know, more able to control certain revenue streams and the lease terms are a bit more beneficial, even though they're going to be secondary tenants. Um, you, know, you could argue right now that they're secondary tenants in the bridge release. So, uh, you know, between the two options, Soldier Field is pretty clearly a better one, all things being equal.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was Googling Chicago Fire, and I don't even get Chicago Fire, the, the soccer club. I get the, the TV show, and it's just a pain in the butt. Cause yeah. You have to literally type in soccer or MLS next to the name, and I could imagine it's only worse if you're in the Chicago area. But let's talk about the rebrand. There was a leaked image uh, of the re-brand, rebrand and i don't know your initial thoughts on it
4: uh well on the on the image itself I, i'm pretty sure that's not real uh, uh i think that was just someone having a, a bit of a <laughs> winding people up a little bit um as as far as the principle of the rebrand now uh you know taking into account i'm not a chicago fire fan um and so you know my opinion you know can you know take my opinion for what that's worth but There's basically two ways to look at that. One, you've got the history of the fire that, you know, certainly the fans are invested in, but, and then you've got on the other side of that, what you just mentioned that uh, not only are they not, you know, have they no name recognition in in the, in the city and the metro area, but you can't even do a search for them uh, without, you know, typing in specific terms. And of course, if you're trying to search Chicago soccer uh, or Chicago fire, uh, you know, you're, there's, you're not going to necessarily know about, uh, you know, you're going to find a TV show basically is what you said. Um, so, you know, my, you know, again, my opinion is if if they decide that it's something that they need to do because the the Chicago fire brand quote unquote, is just so broken, then it's probably something they can sh- should consider, but there are going to be consequences to that. Um, including, you know, loyal fans who, um, really love that, you know, the name, the logo, uh, the colors, and you may lose some of those. So uh, you have to determine if that's something that uh, you're going to have to if if you're willing to give up, basically, uh, to hopefully have a higher ceiling down the line. Um, But the the search or the search engine thing is a real thing. I've talked to people in MLS and it is an actual major concern. So and it's not anything that's going to change anytime soon. 'Cause the Chicago Fire TV show you know, however long it lasts, when you know TV shows don't last forever unless you're the Simpsons. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, At some point that show will go off the air. But of course, yeah, there could be reruns. And it's still uh-huh. difficult to get that out from under uh, a search engine uh, you know, optimization. So uh you know, it's kind of in the weeds, but the search engine thing is a real thing and it was mentioned to me by more than one person as a problem. Oh, oh wow. That's that's very interesting. With that, and I think at least I'm happy that
3: that, re, that, that rebrand is not 100% even remotely close to being official. Cut that was ugly, looked like a yeah. weirder Chicago yeah, I think Cubs that was a logo. Trial
4: balloon. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a trial balloon at this point, and to see how people would uh react to it. Obviously, the reaction from the fire, uh, you know, Fire Faithful has been you know pretty negative, probably like mm-hmm. you know, 70-30 but I would say among the general MLS general fan base, it's been a bit more mixed. I think people think that it would be a good idea, but again, we're not fans of the fire. Um, right. So that should certainly be taken into account um, uh, their feelings.
3: Right. Now, Mickey, final question for you. Was this an important issue for MLS to solve?
4: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, interestingly, uh, Taylor Twelman said, and I, I the reason I you know I started kind of following this is just something I remember him saying about two or three years ago, it might have been uh, four years ago, but he basically said that the fire were MLS's number one problem, um, and this was you know probably like 2015 when they were I think yeah they had back to back wooden spoons uh, as the worst team in the league, and Twelman basically said that MLS you just can't have uh, the number three market be so utterly irrelevant. Um, in in your league it's just not something that you can abide um at that point uh they weren't really discussing trying to get out of the bridge release they were i think uh trying to stabilize the front office uh you know bringing in schweinsteiger and and, and just trying to to you know prop up the name recognition but uh even with schweinsteiger it didn't really uh uh beyond an initial push didn't really move the needle recall when they made the playoffs in 2017 and hosted a home game they only had like 13,000 people there, um, you know, even taking into account it was a midweek game on relatively short notice. And that was just, I think, you know, that's, a, that's a fair way to, or I think it's a fair thing to say that MLS probably saw that and were like, you know, this just isn't going to work at Bridgeview here any longer. And so now they've discussed uh, uh, those discussions apparently with Bridgeview have been taking place for over a year. Um, I know for a fact, the relationship between the two MLS slash fire and the, and Bridgeview was, Which just sort of toxic. And I think it's improved uh, over recent times, but it's just, you know, again, this comes back to, you know, where we started with, which is that it's probably just best for the parties to divorce at this point, because it's just, it's just not something that I think is salvageable. Uh, People say, well, yeah, you can market more and those kind of things, but sometimes there's not a happy ending and you just need to, you know, cut your losses and and move on with your life and so i think that's where all of the parties are at this point well make first
2: and foremost thank you so much for taking the time and speak to us uh and and secondly i want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and plug plug your work plug your site plug anything else you'd like
4: oh yeah sure uh yeah so you can uh, obviously find me on twitter at turner esq uh where i write about all the or on the Twitter and that's where I'm the most active. Great.
2: Well, thank you so much, Mickey.
4: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
2: Alrighty, listeners. I do have to amend something there. I made a little boo boo. So, uh, Mickey actually did plug himself, but there was an issue with Skype. So not all the sound came through. And, yeah, so listeners, you can find his work all over the internet. He has a site, fantastic site, soccer, socceresque.com SoccerEsq.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Turner Esq, again, Turner Esq. He contributes to the Athletics, Sounder at Heart. Armand, very interesting stuff there from Mickey. Uh, it, it's a very interesting time to be a Chicago Fire fan.
3: If you're a Fire fan, I guess you'd hope to get be out of Bridgeview, yeah, and you get to play at Soldier Field where you get some sort of relevance because, like, you know, that's where the Bears play, historical, historical stadium. Like, I mean, if this happens for Fire, good for them,
2: and good for MLS. Is there is there any negative for the Fire to rebrand or to get out of Bridgeview?
3: I I talked to some people who are more into the marketing world than I am um, at school and. A lot of them say that the Fire, who are also MLS fans, a lot of say the Fire's name is just not good enough because of because of what Mickey and what you also talked about with the Chicago Fire show. Um, it's tough because we look up Chicago Fire, you see the show, you came from even find a soccer team. They need their own identity. And you know, there's the Fire, the brand, everything. I love it. Look, I love the great American names. New England Revolution, Columbus Crew. You know... If you want to throw it back, Dallas Burns, Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers, all those names. But those names are unique. You don't see a TV show saying, yeah, or the Timbers of Portland or something. Like, no, like you don't <laughs> see that. Like they're unique. So Chicago Fire wow. in a situation where that, that branding is just not good enough. So I think a rebrand is needed. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna it's gonna rub Chicago fans the wrong way. It really is. They're gonna say, Why well, wow. Well, First you kick out our loyal Latino supporters and now they have a lawsuit against them, which is pretty nuts. Then you change our name. Like are we like who are we? You know? But Steven, I wanna talk about how important this might be for the revolution. Because call me crazy, but the revolution are gonna go through something like this very soon. I, I think I don't, I don't know anything. Mm, I think mm. I think in terms of within Five years. Five years is a pretty big window. Five years. They will be rebranded as well to mark a move into a new stadium.
2: Rebranded? You really think they'll take a new name? Yeah. I, from, what,
3: I, 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 from 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 the uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember. there's a, a post on the, the MLS subreddit about this uh, focus group for the New England Revolution and how they're asking, you know, like what would they do? Uh, you know, if the Revolution uh, took a year off and then rebranded. Or were bought out by new ownership and rebranding. Like questions like that, I think I think it, it's another one. And it sucks because like I, I the Lamb Revolution is very I like it. I guess I like, like very it. Very American. But, think, but I, it's extremely American. But I think something's gonna happen. And I I don't know what exactly. Uh, obviously it's just me spitballing, uh, but I think something's gonna h ha- I think something's gonna happen. I think that's issue number two on Don Garber's list right now.
2: Well, we'll see with the fire. Listeners, give us your feedback, your comments at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. You can follow Mr. FC Dallas Beat Reporter at Armanga5. Follow myself at Stephen Jotter and obviously Jake Watroba, who's not on today's show at Jake Watroba. Chicago Fire rebrand. Uh, Armand, last 20 seconds. Chicago Fire City Football Club. I mean, Chicago City Football Club. We like no, it. I don't
3: like I don't like it. I don't like it. Make it Windy City Soccer or something like that. That would be pretty cool. Chicago Chicago City. Come on, man. No. No. Let's make it unique.
2: Make it unique. Chicago United.
3: <laughs> Wait, no, Windy City Soccer Club, man. Like windy city That sounds pretty
2: good. Club. Windy City like, Soccer Club. Huh. I'll think about that one. Yeah, will see should. how it goes. Pretty good. Pretty good. What about Trump Tower City Football Club? Oh my god. Here we go. Here we go. Here <laughs> anyway, we go. Anyway, Until next time.
0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24 month installment billing. No trade in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: sprint.com, or call 800 Sprint 1. Pwn $15 a month after 22 dollars a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early remaining balance do unlimited basic after $630.20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without pay. Data to deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and
0: the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in
1: required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after sixteen twenty-five a month credit. Apply within two bills. Are canceled early. You are balance to unlimited basic after 6 30, 20. Pay $32 per month per line with other pay. due to prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use short and restrictions apply.